Today on Dare to Develop, we're chatting with Sarah Carpenter, a Pacific Northwest photographer who is widely known for her beautiful ballerina portraiture. We're chatting with her today about her personal work and how she's actually transitioning out of the wedding world and how personal work is so important for your business. Yes. So from figuring out what fuels your creative soul to making additional income through various different streams, we can't wait to dive in. You're listening to Dare to Develop, a podcast for creatives. I'm Christine Herman. And I'm Ashley Baumgartner. And we are two hybrid wedding photographers that dub ourselves work wives. With a passion for developing community and daring to take risks in business and art, we want to bring you along on a journey. The journey of artists, makers, business professionals, and more who want to level up their businesses by daring greatly and developing community. So let's get started. Today on Dare to Develop, we're so excited to have Sarah Carpenter with us. She's going to be talking all about how to develop a personal project to feed your creativity. Thanks so much for being here with us, Sarah. Yeah, thanks for having me. So before we get started, Sarah, I'm talking about this topic. We'd love to know just a little bit more about you, your life, where you're at, and all the good stuff. So I'm Sarah, and (laughs) I am a wife and a mom to two little uh, toddlers right now. And um, I live in the Pacific Northwest with my husband, who is basically everything. He's an engineer, web designer helps me with my business, all of the above. And yeah, we like to, I don't know, know, we've been coming off the Olympics right now. So right now it's basically just been like, you know, weeks straight of watching the Olympics. My daughter's really into everything. So our life is taking her to ballet and gymnastics and ice skating and skiing. And so how fun. It's just a lot of mom stuff right now. I'm just like, I feel it. And then in a transition to my business, I'm writing a book and I'm, you know, doing all these different like pitch letters to try to get freelance work. So yeah. Does that answer the question of who I am? Yeah, no, that was great. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Ever-changing, life's ever-changing, right? Yeah. I absolutely love that. But we'd love to learn a little bit about your journey as a creative, how you started, where you are now. Yeah. So I've always been really interested in the arts, but I also was like very much on a scientific path my whole life. So I pretty much did like every sport and like activity you could under the sun, but was just completely in love with the ballet. And I was always like completely invested in books and movies and making my own music videos with my sister and just all the things that like I thought other kids always were doing, but apparently weren't, um, <laughs> had a disposable camera on me all the time until my dad was finally like, we need to stop spending on money on disposable cameras and just bought me a uh, digital. And yeah, so I just kind of thought those were hobbies, painting, drawing, all the things, just thought they were like side things for my whole life. Thought that photography was only for people who wanted to do like National Geographic mm-hmm. type of work, which I was not interested in as a kid. And so I went to college for nutrition and was pre-med and thought like that was what I was going to do with my life and then got around to like junior year and I was like, oh, this is not what I want to do. I do not want to take this MCAT. I do not want to go to medical school. Like I'm dreading the outcome of this life that I've kind of like mapped out for myself thinking that there was expectation for me to do it when really it was just like myself pushing 
pushing myself into a direction. So anyways, I finally just said, I'm not going to do this anymore. Didn't know what to do with my life. Got married right out of college and then spent a year just like watching Mad Men and Downton Abbey and taking random pictures of my apartment and dealing with anxiety. And my husband was like, well, you should figure out what you really want to do with your life. Um, So he bought me a a camera seeing that I was taking pictures with like this tiny little Samsung. And he was like, we need to get you a real camera, which was a Costco Rebel T. (laughs) Maybe back in the day. And I was like, I am not doing this. This is bandwagoning. Everyone's doing photography right now. I'm not going to do this. I'll plan my friend's weddings. That'll be great. Did not like planning weddings. And (laughs) we agree with that. (laughs) Like this is not happening. So eventually I finally picked up the camera and started shooting and then shot my first wedding in 2013 because I thought I don't have a degree in photography. There's no way I can do anything else. And weddings look fun. I liked my wedding. (laughs) I'll shoot weddings. So that's kind of where I got started with weddings and like knew from the beginning that I didn't want to let go of the dance side of me and had like spent so much time doing ballet in my life that I like decided right off the bat that I was going to photograph ballet dancers one way or the other. And my sister was dancing in college at the time. So I knew I had like a wide range of people to choose from in terms of my sister and her friends. So that's kind of how I got to the like the brink, I guess, the point of like beginning that journey with doing weddings and then doing the personal work on the side, which was always there. So, yeah, I love that. I think a lot of us with personal work think like, oh, I got to come up with some cool idea, but you just tapped into something you always loved and always kind of had on the, the side of your mind. It wasn't just something random. It's something you have a passion for. Yeah. Cool. And so can you tell us a little bit now, I know you, you said earlier you're in a transition phase. And so just kind of, you were shooting weddings, you were shooting ballet dancers, and then how has it evolved since then? Yeah. So pandemic, obviously (laughs) was very, very hard. I think a lot of moms kind of have this feeling of like, you have a baby and then the wedding industry seems to think that you should stay home. And I don't know if this is like an everyone thing, but I've had several friends say that they felt the same way where like the first year I had my daughter, I wasn't getting any referrals from wedding planners. And it felt like I was being like kind of told like you need to stay home with your kid. Mm. And then like the next year it picked up again. So that's why I was like, this is kind of bizarre. Like this is a weird thing. So I had been struggling to like find my place back into the wedding industry after becoming a mom all the while like being pushing really hard like hey I'm still shooting weddings I'm still shooting weddings but also like feeling this pull to not really be spending my weekends doing this anymore but I didn't want to admit because I think that a lot of us don't want people to think she's just quitting to be a mom Mm -hmm. And, and I like felt very strongly about that because I feel like you can do both and you can be like a really powerful entrepreneur and be a mom at the same time. So I thought if I quit weddings, that's going to show like, that's what people are going to think. So I kept going business, picked back up, got pregnant again. (laughs) And then the pandemic hit. So I'm like super exhausted, hugely pregnant, thinking I'm not going to be able to shoot 
these weddings, thank God they're canceled and didn't shoot any weddings at all. Like I didn't have many micro weddings. I wasn't motivated to go out and try to like market for it. I had no interest in doing this. What I was like missing the most was doing portraits and I was missing photographing my dancers. And I was like, Hey, you know, like we're supposed to wear masks, but like, if we stay far apart, maybe we can make this work without like contaminating each other, breaking any rules. We did not, (laughs) we did not get that far until like it was safer to do so. And everyone had been, you know, vaccinated and whatnot, but During that time, right before my last wedding that had been postponed several times at this point, I was like, I don't even want to do this anymore. Like I wanted to shoot the wedding because they were such a sweet couple and it was going to be a really cool wedding, but I didn't want to shoot weddings. Mm -hmm. And it was like years of me having talked about this over and over and over. Like, why am I shooting weddings? What is it about weddings? Like all these other people are dying to shoot weddings. I would like not second shoot. I would do all these things to not do it. So anyways, this is where it came about that I finally realized that I was like in love with my ballet work. I was in love with the portrait work. I was doing all these, like I was taking pictures every day. I probably spend most of my money on film on my kids, taking pictures of them like around town, but I was like not enjoying weddings. I would get to a point where I was like dreading them, like couldn't sleep the night before, dreaded losing the light dreaded the pictures not coming out good, dreaded the wedding planners not wanting to work with me anymore. And, and it wasn't just anxiety anymore. It was just like, I'm taking work away from people who actually really want to do this. So anyways, that's, that happened April, 2021. And I shot my last wedding, didn't announce that I wasn't shooting weddings because I didn't want my couple to be like, oh, you just are going to like flake on us shot it like the way I wanted for once in my life and loved it, (laughs) but it's still not enough to keep going. (laughs) And then sat down and like full on wrote a book about my experience and just like everything that I felt during that time, all the positives and all the negatives. And was like, this is kind of like been, it's been really good. So anyways, I'm in the process of trying to get an agent for my book and trying to get an agent as a photographer and also trying to just like convince people to let me freelance as someone who's coming out of an industry that I think a lot of people don't understand mm-hmm. who aren't in the wedding industry. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where I am. And then just spending a lot of time with my kids and my family and everything is always in transition with us because my husband works in tech. So <laughs> it's just, it's always crazy. There's always stuff going around. And then we live in Washington. And so our pandemic restrictions haven't eased like everyone else's have yet. They're supposed to soon, but yeah, it's been interesting. And then like just having to like convince myself not to try to take the weddings that I'm still getting a few inquiries for and and being like, Hey, I'm I'm really just not, not there anymore. And I think kind of going back to what you said earlier is you felt when you started photography that because you didn't have a background in it, you felt like I have to transition to weddings, Mm -hmm. which I feel like a lot of people feel they're like, well, I have no education. Weddings is a great input, but maybe your heart's not in it or it was, and it's not anymore. And transitioning Mm -hmm. to something that you love, which is what you're doing, which is amazing. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's so much more powerful to own your true feelings about what you're, you're passionate about. And, you know, we always say like, you know, whenever we're feeling that way or anything like that, like our clients also deserve someone that's going to be excited about that. And so like, why are you shooting a kid's birthday party? If that's not, you know, (laughs) and obviously there are moments where we all need a paycheck, but at the end of the day, our artistry is going to shine through the areas that we're passionate about Mm -hmm. and we're going to have a business we love. Your ballerina (laughs) work is just beautiful. It's so good. So totally see that your passion lies with that for sure. Introducing our sponsor, your film processing experts, Photovision. Photovision has been a family-owned business since 1968, and we both use them as our film lab for personal and professional work. PV has been a part of my film journey since 2015 when I started shooting film. I love how personable and knowledgeable their team is. When I get my film scans back, it's like Christmas Day. They've helped me grow as a film photographer, assisted me in comparing scanners, and include helpful tools such as exposure reference sheets with scans so I can tell what adjustments I should make in camera next time. Yes, since I've started shooting film, I've turned to their educational Instagram and blog to learn more film tricks and love that they're always available to answer questions. Lately, I've been loving their new offering, Everyday 35mm Film Scanning, which includes proof prints. I've been sending in a lot of personal work, and getting the film uh, prints in the mail of my little is just so fun to have a tangible representation. Everything about working with Photovision is seamless, from submitting our orders online, getting scans in an easy-to-use platform, you always have the scans on your phone, so nice, and even ordering film. Yes. And as longtime Photovision clients, we cannot recommend using their lab more. And they've been so generous to offer our listeners one free roll of their signature process and scans using the code DAREDEVELOP, all caps. Make sure to check the show notes for more information. So can you talk a little bit, I know you said you've done the ballet work from the beginning, but can you talk a little bit about how you integrated that into your work? Like when you were doing both or even just now, since you're pursuing multiple different avenues at once. Yeah. So at the beginning, I tried to very much keep it wedding looking, but I also wanted people to see that I could do something else. And this is, this was something that a mentor told me like kind of towards the beginning of my career was like, I had done so many wedding style shoots, so many to get my portfolio boosted because I knew the weddings I was shooting weren't the weddings I wanted to be shooting. So he was like, you have a lot of wedding work here and you don't need to do anymore. Just what else do you wanna be shooting that could show people that you're a photographer and not just a wedding photographer and that you have like the skills to take their weddings to the next level. Um, and I was like, well, I kind of like, I really like, I like shooting dancers, you know? And he was like, oh, that's great. Like do that. And I was like, really? Like this does, does it feel like I could put this in my Instagram feed? Like, is it going to be cohesive? And he was just like, yeah, go for it. So I kind of like with his like encouragement went for it. And I was like, well, how do I even get in touch with these people? And he was just like, oh, just direct message them on Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, oh, I didn't know I could do that. So yeah, I just started direct messaging people. We had just moved out here and Pacific Northwest Ballet is a huge ballet company. And so I just started going for like the people who I was seeing dance on stage, who I was really admiring thinking that they would be like this creep (laughs) like she's just reaching out doesn't know me and I somehow convinced the first dancer to drive 
in or ride in my car for two hours up to this place. She'd never met me before. And now we're really good friends, actually just shot her engagement session. And I was like, shoot your engagements, but I won't shoot your wedding. But anyways, (laughs) anyways, she, she was great. She was beautiful. She was like, so like a swan just in her movement. And so I knew like watching her that it was going to be swan lakey. We were going to put her in white. And I knew I could also use that in my Instagram feed with weddings. And it just so happened that we were having a major forest fire when we first moved up here. And I didn't know what that looked like because I'd never seen it before. And the sky was that like smoky pink. So it just like sadly made the photos even more beautiful. So that's kind of like where I started doing that. And then everything from there, I was like picking and choosing the photos that I was using or taking from the dancers and then integrating it into my Instagram feed knowing that I would have people who weren't interested in seeing it. And then I would have people who were like obsessed. And it turned out that like most people really wanted to see those things. And I think because like when you're looking for a wedding vendor and all you see is wedding work over and over and over, you start to like get everyone blurs together. Like we all have very similar styles of shooting, especially those of us who are shooting on film. So it was nice, a nice break for me. And I think it was also like something that encouraged other people to maybe kind of go a little bit farther out from their wedding work as well. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure, but I felt like that was getting more attention than my wedding work. And I had several couples who booked me based on that actually, and not based on my wedding work. So I also ended up like separating my Instagram feeds at some point because I wanted um, wedding planners specifically to look at my wedding work and to see that I could do that kind of work for them and that I would be able to get the shots that they needed. And I wanted my couples and other type of clients to see the other work and to be able to like get inspired by that. Got it. I do have a question for you since you're transitioning out of weddings, has Mm -hmm. your work with dancers changed at all like have you because you don't need to fit in a certain aesthetic now do you feel like it's more freeing now you don't have anything like a feed maybe to go off of yeah yeah so I I would say that I haven't shot that many dancers because there are restrictions with the company and the way that they have to work in order to be COVID safe has been so strict that we have to be really careful with them because they have to test all the time in order to be able to be on stage. So I've been trying to respect that, but also because I have been in such a funky place, (laughs) not going to lie. It's been really hard. Like you're in one place in your business for so long. I was in it for nine years and, Mm -hmm. and now I'm like having all the fears and doubts of like moving on. And so I photographed a few, but I finally actually like have done work that revolved around inspirations that had nothing to do with weddings or I just did one while it was in November, but the couple had like very minimal clothing on. They weren't, it wasn't a nude. It was just like that. I wanted that sculpture feeling of being able to see all their muscles. And I felt like with weddings, maybe I wouldn't have been able to put that in there. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe that's just my own, like being a little bit more conservative about it. But now I feel like a little bit more free to put that in there, but I also feel more free to put my kids in my feed more, which like, I wouldn't put them in my feed just to be like, Hey, this is my kids. I put them in because 
it's portfolio work for me when I photograph them and I really like the image that I took. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's more of like a, hey, look, I can do these portraits. Hey, look, I have this versatility to photograph fast moving things. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and also like make my, make my children do what I want, <laughs> which sounds really bad, but you know, get the shots that I need of them. Yeah. So I, I do feel like it's a little bit more freeing to be able to post like kind of whatever I want. But also I would have to say that the algorithm made me feel like I could post whatever I want because I don't get a lot of engagement on my feed anymore. So it's just like, if there's no metric, I'll just post whatever I want. So good mindset. We've been talking about yeah. top Instagram. Yeah. I've been, I've been entering that mindset where it's like, who, who really cares? Like, I'm just going to post what I want. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. So can we talk a little bit about why you would recommend creatives doing their own, you know, figuring out their own personal project, like what benefits you felt outside of just having fun doing it? Right. I think that this is a very important thing for everyone, to be honest. And I just read a really good book about this actually called Range by David Epstein. And basically he talks a lot about like sampling all these different things, doing all these different things that can like make you a better person or better at the one thing you do choose to do. But he also talks about how everything that you do feeds into your career and your path in your life. And I think that even if you didn't see it profiting your business directly, doing the personal work is a way for you to tap into other parts of yourself that you might think this has nothing to do with my growth as a wedding photographer or as a portrait photographer, but you might find little bits of yourself that you can then add to the voice, or you might work with someone in a way that you didn't realize some people might not like to be photographed in a certain way. You might not realize how much anxiety your subject would have because maybe on a wedding day, your couples are very excited all the time. Maybe that's the kind of clients that you always get. And so you haven't had to deal with other circumstances. I think like in, I've changed actually like my perspective on this since I talked about it, a hybrid just a little bit, because I don't think it's just about doing personal work in the realm of where you are. And like, as a photographer, I thought personal work was just photography, but now I'm doing writing more and more. And I think that my writing has contributed a lot to how I see the world and the photographs I take in terms of like anything, like your personal work could be doing some kind of like research for the planet, if that's what you were really invested in. And that could even translate into your photography. I think that it just has so much potential to make you a better person. And when you're a better person, and you can grow, then you can be a better artist. And then when you're a better artist, you are more confident and you can treat your clients better. And you like just put so much more value into what you're offering Mm -hmm. than when you're not doing extra and personal work and like growing all the time. Mm -hmm. I mean, like I've kind of opened the floodgates for myself. I've been studying fashion and I've been watching all these documentaries and like shows about Dior and Halston and all these different people that I didn't think I was into fashion before, but now I'm like, oh, well, but I am, I am into fashion. And I think this could translate into portraits or 
my husband and I have been watching more political like YouTube videos, or I'm very invested in a psychologist who talks a lot about family relationships and all those things, I think, combine to make me the artist that I am now. So I think there's a lot of reasons to do personal work. And I think that personal work should really be anything that captures your interest at any given time. And I think sometimes we look at it as distraction and we shouldn't go down that path, but you just never know what you can find, like what nuggets of mm-hmm. truth you can find that you can bring back. Or that maybe like for me, not to scare people or make anyone think that they're going to just suddenly not like shooting weddings anymore. But for me, those like nuggets led me down a different path. So. No, I I think that's great. And I think we, a lot of us as creatives put ourselves in a box, you know, like, okay, we're wedding photographers. We're this type of creative. Therefore we don't ever explore anything else. Cause we're like, Mm -hmm. we have to stay in our lane. This is our lane. Mm -hmm. And thinking of just, you said earlier, you're a photographer not just a wedding photographer, but even mm-hmm. broader than that, you can be right. an artist. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so, so powerful to just think about any type of thing that you love can really make you better as a creative in all, all aspects. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, that's a good point because it's like, when you think of a traditional artist, like say a painter or someone, they're drawing inspiration from so many things, fashion, the world, their family. But I don't Mm -hmm. always think like that as Mm -hmm. a photographer that like I'm drawing inspiration from, you know, things outside of just photography related things or wedding related things. Our Instagram is straight wedding. Yeah. All you see is weddings (laughs) of all the people you follow and all your Mm friends and things. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's a great point. Mm -hmm. So I know, I believe you talked a little bit about this at hybrid, but like, how did you balance, you know, figuring out how to put time and resources Mm -hmm. to this? Because again, like, like Christine said, like we're, we're taught. So stay in your lane, niche Mm -hmm. down, put all of your energy towards this one thing, Mm -hmm. which is great in terms of forward progress in that arena, but not necessarily feeding the soul and helping you have a more holistic life. And so I guess for me, I like, I used to do a lot of style shoots too. And I put so much money towards that. And then I was like, oh, that's not the best use of money or time or whatnot. So how do you, you know, how did you just early on or even later, just figure out how to allocate like your time, your resources, Mm -hmm. obviously film is expensive. If you have to rent a studio, if you Mm -hmm. pay a model, if you're doing fashion or I I mean, and I don't know if you paid any of the ballerinas Mm -hmm. or if it was more collaboration, but just that kind of the allocation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I don't know if I ever really thought about it, to be honest. I just kind of did it. (laughs) I think because it was such a necessity to me and because I, I would have to say that like, even from the beginning, I didn't have a lot of weddings like from friends, you know, I had a lot of sorority sisters, but we kind of all got married at the same time and then no one was left. So I was really in a place where I had to figure out how to build my business from like nothing. Like I didn't know anyone. I didn't understand what second shooting was. I didn't know what shadowing was. So for me, it was just like, how do I build a portfolio? Mm -hmm. Where do I start? How do I practice? So my sister has been photographed like a million times by me. I would photograph like whoever was willing and to just get them for free. And then once I started to like learn more about how to do it in a way that was a little bit more, I don't, 
I don't know how to say, like with people who aren't just your friends or your family, when I was just trying to branch out, I think that I just went ahead and said like to my husband, cause he was making all the money. I'm just going to spend this money. Like I just have to. And we just agreed that it was going to be an investment and we struggled a lot, to be honest. Like I'm not very good at budgeting. And especially <laughs> when it comes to my business, I would say, I want to go to Europe and I want to photograph these people and I want to get together with these vendors. And he would say, okay, when do you want to go? So we would just make it happen. And I've done probably like three or four trips like that, where it was like solely based on me setting up shoots and didn't have any income coming in on those trips. And then just basically said, well, just like expenses at the end of the year, which is very scary. I mean, it's very scary to not have a plan of how I was going to make that money back, but I just knew that I needed to get it done. And in terms of time, like dancers specifically typically can't work during the day. Like when we would need them to shoot with us, they can't do that because they're in rehearsal and they're in class and Mm -hmm. they have basically nine to five jobs. And then if they have a show, they're working the weekend. So you kind of have to work around when they have time off or like a Sunday morning or something. So I did a lot of weekend shoots and I do a lot of weekend shoots when it involves the dancers. And I think it probably helped that I didn't have a lot of weddings at the beginning. And then as I grew my business, I knew that I didn't want to have a ton of weddings. So my weekends weren't as busy as people who are shooting weddings every weekend. And I, I realized that that's kind of a burden and a blessing Mm -hmm. because I wasn't making the income, but then I had the time to do the, the extra work. I think that it just has to be something that is personal to each of us. Like, when are you going to put in that extra time and what kind of personal work are you doing for me right now? I wake up and I write and then I work out and then I write. And then I try to like do my photography work in the afternoon while juggling homeschooling and ballet and gymnastics and all that stuff. And then also a one-year-old boy who really needs like to run his cars over your feet all day, you know? So yeah, I think that you just have to figure out like, and maybe it's, maybe it's time blocking. Maybe it's trying to make sure that each of your days you have like time to shoot one frame. Maybe it's, you know, figuring out like, what kind of personal work you think is going to make you grow or like what you're really struggling with in your business or what you are interested in. And then like making a once a month project or a once a week project or whatever. And then maybe it's even just like finding books that you like. I mean, it's not, that's not technically personal work, but I still consider it work. Like if I read fiction, I'm like, this is work. This is work to me. I'm (laughs) Like I'm enjoying it, but I'm also learning something about the way the author uses his language and the way he like creates a world and the kind of things that he's sharing with me. And then I go and like jot stuff down or I make my husband sit there for a philosophical debate about, (laughs) (laughs) you know, how something is shown to me through words and how could I translate that into an actual image? Mm -hmm. So I think it's just something that as an artist, I almost feel like we should be required to do it, but then we have to require ourselves, right? Because we're not working for anyone else. Yeah, I love that. And I love what you said of like, you just made it happen, you know, like in terms of time and resources. And that really speaks to, you know, if something's a priority, we make it happen, whether or not we have the time or the money. And that just comes down to actually prioritizing whatever that is. Mm -hmm. 
All right. So how should a creative identify what they want to do for their personal work? Like you, do you think like going back and thinking of what you liked younger, you've always liked the ballerinas and the dancing work, mm -hmm. but if someone's not really quite sure, how would you suggest they do something with that? Yeah, I think like I'm a person who has a lot of notes on my phone. So anytime something sparks my interest, like there'll be like a little phrase or a blurb or someone said something in a grocery store or something, or even a movie and oh, Pinterest boards. <laughs> if I see something like, for instance, I don't know if you guys saw the Spanish princess on stars, but it was incredibly beautiful about Henry Tudor, but more from the perspective of his first wife. And I literally walked up to my TV and took a photo of the TV <laughs> because there was a scene that was so beautiful. And I was like dead set on doing a an, portrait session that was revolved around Catherine and made a Pinterest board of it. And not all of my like interests come out to be personal work. Sometimes it's just a Pinterest board with a bunch of pictures and like themes and ideas. And then it just goes away and I don't want to shoot it anymore, but I got it out of my system. And sometimes it turns into something more. So I think that it's really good to identify when you have a spark of interest to like make sure you write it down right in that moment because you don't know if you're going to remember it when you get home. I carry like a journal that I barely ever write in because I always end up on my phone jotting things down on my phone but I do carry the journal for if I remember that it's there to write down like words or phrases that sparked my interest in that moment. And I think that's really important. But I also think that if you are someone who has like very close ties to your heritage and you've been wanting to explore that or food is very important to you, but you never thought you could do food photography because it doesn't really go with weddings, like explore that and like shoot food on your phone for a while, or then like may, maybe you transition it to doing it with your digital camera. Then maybe you want to experiment with how it looks on film or Maybe you like find a chef who's needing photos and you're like, well, this is personal work for me. I can offer to do this for this restaurant at whatever, whether it's free or whether whatever rate that they're like willing to do. And I'm not saying like do a bunch of free work for people, but just to like kind of build those like creative thoughts and then like forcing yourself to think about those things as well, because like. I talked about this more eloquently in my hybrid talk where I actually prepared, <laughs> but like to say like, I don't have something that I want to do personal work for, or I don't have a creative spark is almost like saying that you have writer's block. And in a lot of ways, like writer's block to a lot of these people who I've been listening to and learning from doesn't exist. It's like what we use to not have to do the work. And mm -hmm. that if you force yourself to do one little project or one little thing every day, then you start to develop a sense of what you really want to do and what is your muse and what is inspiring you. So yeah. Have you read The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield? Yeah, I have. Yeah. I was like, that's yeah. what it was. It was reminding me of when you were talking mm -hmm. about that of just, yeah, we often don't do it because we say we're not inspired, but you need to take action for inspiration to come. Mm -hmm. So definitely love that. <laughs> yeah. He talks about it. And I think Seth Godin talks about it and Elizabeth Gilbert talks about it. So there was like, it, there's a pattern for sure with writers, especially who talk about how you might just have to sit there and press. I don't know what to write. I don't know what to write. I don't know what to write. And eventually it might spark something in you. 
where you write a story about someone who didn't know what to write. <laughs> I mean, you just don't know. And I think from a writer's perspective, sometimes you could say like, oh, it's easier for a writer because sometimes it is easier. Like I can just sit down on my computer and hash out like the most ridiculous hundred word blog post that has nothing to do with anything. And for a photographer, you might be like, well, what do I photograph today? Like I've photographed my kids a million times this week. I photographed that shop outside that I thought looked cool, but how can I photograph it in a different way this time? You might be like, well, I don't want to do that anymore. But, but I think it's still important to do some kind of work that can contribute to your artistry. Love that. Well, thank you so much, Sarah, for deep diving into exploring Uh personal projects to fuel creativity. If it's all right, we'd love to hop into a time of fast facts for our listeners to get to know you a little bit better. Sure. (laughs) Perfect. So for your portraiture and your dance work, what are you shooting on? So I'm shooting on my contact 645 sometimes, but now I have my new baby, my Sony Alpha 1. So I'm very, very excited to be working on that more often now. Awesome. So before shoot, what is your favorite thing to snack on or maybe after the shoot when you're heading home? Yeah, so I'm starting to try to eat better, (laughs) fuel my body more. So more often than not, I'm trying to eat something like a go macro bar or some celery with peanut butter or something that is like going to give me the energy to get through the whole day. But on my way home, I'm typically wanting fries, (laughs) Yes, (laughs) something hot and greasy. Do you have music that gets you in the creative mood, either for a shoot or even for writing? Yeah. So I'm kind of weird and I have to have like different playlists. So I can't like pinpoint one specific mm-hmm. like mood there. I have playlists for all of my different things that I do. So it's kind of a hodgepodge, but right now I've been really obsessing over Coldplay Parachutes, which is one of their older albums, but mm-hmm. it's been getting me really inspired lately. I love it. So what is your favorite thing to do outside of portrait and writing? So I have a lot of interests. <laughs> I've been learning how to sew, which is oh, very wow. exciting. So I just made a tutu for my daughter, which was a chore and a task, but I really enjoyed it. And I love watching movies and series that are um, thought provoking. And then, oh, I don't know, there's just so many things. I like <laughs> when I'm not burned out on it, I do love to cook and to bake and to make things for my family. So, and then just being outdoors, love winter sports, love skiing, or mostly chasing my daughter with a camera while she skis. (laughs) They go so fast. The little kids fly down the hill. Yeah. (laughs) What is the best education you've learned from? Books. I would have to say books are the number one thing that are the best education because you can get such a wide range of different opinions and different voices and And you can see all the patterns of all these different successful people and what they did to achieve their goals. Do you have a favorite book that you can think of at the top of your head? I would have to say that Range by David Epstein is my favorite right now, just because it like blew the door open for such a different perspective on how we learn and how we succeed. And it's a complete, it's like in complete opposition to the 10,000 hour rule. So very intriguing. I really liked reading that one. 
We'll have to check that one out. Yeah, well, we will link it in the show notes for our mm-hmm. listeners. What is one daring leap you've taken in your business or life? Quitting weddings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely quitting weddings and trying to go straight into like doing features and editorial portraits for magazines. Yeah. We can't wait to see how your business flourishes in this new path. Thanks. But what is one thing you feel like like you're great at in your business? I would say that I'm pretty good at talking with my subjects, making them feel like they're in, in the shoot and like not trying to make them comfortable per se, but make them feel like they can be themselves in front of a camera. And then just like grabbing that emotion and those little like transitional moments and sharing those in the photo. Getting the, the defining moment, right? Capturing the, those right moments. Yeah. Love it. And Sarah, where can our listeners find you online? So I have a website and it's sarahcarpenterphotography.com or I'm also on Instagram at sarahcarpenterphotography. And then I also have a profile on LeBook, which is L-E-B-O-O-K.com. And you can see my profile there. Perfect. And then in closing, was one thing you want to dare our listeners to do after listening to your episode? Definitely choose a project that has nothing to do with your business and go for it and find how it changes you. Love that. Well, thank you so much for joining us on Dare to Develop, Sarah. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks so much, guys. Loved being here. I have been long time inspired by Sarah's ballerina work as I too love dancers and have done some dance projects and just love how she talked about if it's something that interests you you'll make time for it you'll make it a priority and you'll make it happen Mm -hmm. I just loved how thought-provoking she was on not putting us in this box of you're a creative maybe you're a photographer but you can find outlets other than just photography to be a better photographer a better florist any type of thing you can find it from all aspects of life Yes. I definitely want to check out that book. She talked about Mm -hmm. range because I think, yeah, like you said, as photographers or even just as wedding creatives, we get so stuck in the wedding mindset and we can one, have a holistic approach to our work and two, just pursue other things just because we like them or think they're fun too. So we hope you enjoyed today's episode of Dare to Develop. Don't forget to use our code DARE TO DEVELOP, all caps, for one free roll of PV signature process and scans and access PhotoVision's full library of photography tips at photovisionprints.com. Thanks so much for joining us today on DARE TO DEVELOP. We'd love for you to subscribe and leave us a review if you love today's episode. Don't forget to check out the show notes at daretodevelopodcast.com and follow along on IG at DARE TO DEVELOP. Catch us next week for more fun as we hear from creatives who have dared greatly in their businesses and develop community along the way.